Hey guys, and welcome back to the Skullcast for episode 17. Got our regulars here. We don't really need to say hello at this point. Like 17 episodes in, I think everyone knows what our voices sound like. <laughs> so, I mean, that, the only reason I ever did that was to say, yep, this is what Azil sounds like. Here's what Chris sounds like. So we got the same people here, as always. And uh, some real life stuff was happening la- last couple of weeks. I won't, you know, we try to do every two weeks, but for a number of reasons, we you know didn't do one for three weeks because a I was out of town last week, and before that I was in the process of moving to a new place. And on top of that, you know, we didn't have a Berserk episode till now, so it's not like that was a huge rush to talk about random shit when we could wait a week and talk about the new episode, episode three thirty. So. Here we are. We're back a couple days after 3.30 has landed, and it ends the Guts flashback uh, section here, which is pretty freaking awesome. Every single episode was managed to impress and surprise me uh, with stuff. Uh, you know, you heard us speculating on what might happen in this episode, and for the most part, we were right. But there were some key things, of course, we missed on, <clears throat> and we'll, we'll get to those as we get further into the episode, but... I'll open it up with just uh, what you guys' general impressions were with this episode and even, you know, larger picture, you know, this in, in the full scope of the series. So whoever wants to go first. Yeah, well, I guess I will. Anyway, well, it's a, it's a pretty great episode, like you said. I think it's a, it's great in you know, pretty much every way I can think of. And, uh, yeah, well, most like uh, what I said uh, last time, I think uh, this little, uh, you know, story arc will be very determinant in uh, introducing basically Elfham. It, you know, goes back to what Cuts, you know, felt, you know, as a youngster. Mm-hmm. It even gives us more insight about his relationship with Gambino. It really is a lot a lot to say about it. I mean, I don't think I could sum it up, you know, quickly at all. So I, I think it's sure. very it's very dense. If, if I had to say something, it's very dense. There's a lot of stuff, you know, going on. A lot of ways it relates to the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very it's packed with material to me, and uh, yeah, it's very rich in that sense. Yeah, it really is. Uh, like yeah, every episode, like especially when you take them all into you know all together, it's just full of you know significant stuff and like a lot of uh, I don't want to say like fan service, but just stuff that fans would really enjoy. That's really sort of smart and clever. I mean, it's not like gratuitous things. It's mm-hmm. just you know neat stuff. Like oh wow, that's really cool that he's like touched on that and working that in intelligently yeah and just for something random that stuck out about this last episode just visually what like i take away most you know even though the ending is pretty uh iconic is that is the fat son with his his face getting you know smashed in and just like doing one of those (laughs) like um... that, that sticks out yeah that sticks out in my mind just to sort of like yep that's what happened this episode yeah, no, that, that is, I mean, yeah, an iconic moment happens with the, what is that, the guard of the sword, I guess he uses to smash in the guy's eye, I don't know the correct terminology, but yeah, um, one of the things I thought was really interesting, the episode starts, you know, you don't know exactly how, what the circumstances are going to be for Guts battling this guy, you know, what kind of equipment he's going to be given, and awesome, uh, you know, awesomely he's given his, you know, recognizable gear, you know, so he's instantly in an iconic look for uh, the guts that we know from that period has the same helmet. He even has a scarf and everything. So that was, it was cool to see him in his old garb. But uh, on top of that, you know, we've seen a lot of different interesting armor designs and I didn't actually expect anything uh, unique about this fat kid's armor design, but it's actually pretty cool looking like layers of, 
you know, thick steel or whatever it's supposed to be. It's 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 pretty impressive looking. I don't, he was I don't like know. wearing like sparring gear basically in a box yeah. match. Very well protected. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous how the contrast between their armors. I'm I'm looking at it right now and the guy looks like I mean I'm trying to think of like a, a, a natural parallel to what it looks like. And it just looks like layers of steel. Like I'm trying to think is, is there an animal that it looks, looks like a rhino's ass, I guess is what I would say. <laughs> I don't really know what it would compare it to. It, it's sort of like rolls of fat, but yeah. <laughs> like, I mean it really is like what he like you know, Miro's just trying yeah. to, you know, convey that this guy is a fat loser, you know, even in yeah. his armor. <laughs> yeah, like the when we first were introduced to the concept of this Viscount having a son who's kind of a loser, you know, you kind of, I mean, I kind of felt sorry for the kid. You know, he's basically, he's, he seemed like his dad was forcing him into this battle to basically, you know, harden him up for our real battle. You know, that was the premise yeah. of last episode. Yep. But as Azil, you have some inter- information about the translation of what this kid actually has, has done, right? Well, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, it's you know halfway done, I guess. But um, yeah, the, the kid is, uh, like I said in the thread, actually, in the episode thread, he's yeah. uh, bloodthirsty. He's been killing livestock for years, you know, <laughs> beheading livestock. I love how that's like an accomplishment. Like, yeah, I've killed cows and sheep. Yeah, so... And he sounds he, like he's just like a sociopath. Yeah, act- actually, this guy is pretty much a psychopath, you know. And he, he was planning to sneak off and behead uh, children from, uh, you know, the frontier of their territory or something before his father forbid him from doing so. But, yeah, he's essentially a, a psychopath. And I, I guess that's why he's going to battle. But, yeah, on top of that, he's a coward. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, right, a, yeah. a brilliant example of a human being. Well, yeah, he was, uh, I guess it's one of those things where he likes to hurt things. He just doesn't want to take that risk in return. <laughs> he doesn't want yeah. the two-way street. So. Pretty, pretty much. Because he, yeah, he, I was surprised actually that he looks, you know, at least in the armor, and even when you see his face, he looks, he's very big, you know, he mm-hmm. looks like he'd be like a good fighter. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't know what to expect from, you know, the guy. I mean, they said he was fat, but I didn't know if he was going to be short and fat or like a really unlikely <laughs> sort of, you know, fighter. When you actually see them matched up, it's like, oh, he looks like he could hold his own. It actually visually is very reminiscent of the Bazuso fight. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. even even the way his eyes are bulging, you know, inside a you know, inside the armor. It looks well, very it, it, uh, reminiscent. And so I can see why they would could look at it and be like, "Oh, maybe he stands a chance." Little right. do they know. But, in, in addition to that, it's like, you know, the main op, you know, problem with Bazuso was he had his thick thick armor and it's the same problem here initially for Guts. Is he's given this sword that's chipped and dull. And he can't break through the armor, which, you know, is kind of like the main uh, resistance yeah. during this fight. And similar to Bazuzo, he had to get, you know, a good opening. I think he has to hit Bazuzo a couple times before he can clear through the armor. So. No, I yeah. think he... I, is it, I, is I it one think, hit? I think it's one... Yeah, I think first he has to, like, break the axe. That's yeah, right. He cracks That's the right. axe and then he nails him. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, yeah. Bazuzo knew what he was doing. So. Yeah. Whereas this guy, yeah. it's like, yeah, he just doesn't have anything that can even get through the armor. Which, right. that was funny, too. I like how you can actually see the sword is clearly blunted on, like, the end. It's, like, actually, like, you know, smashed. Like, it was hit on the ground. Yeah. You can actually see the flat on the side. Well, at when some he, point, it chips during the battle. He tries yeah. to oh, okay. hit the joint. Yeah. He tries to hit yeah. the joint, and the tip actually breaks off. So. Yeah. 
complicates things. Well, but yeah, yeah, it's a much more involved fight than Bazuzo as well. To, I mean, from my yeah. perspective, because he has to attack him from different, you know, like he said, he tries different things before he ultimately, you know, does his money shot yeah. from the face. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what was interesting to me, and I think one of the the only thing we didn't actually, you know, predict either one way or another was sort of that re the reappearance of uh, Cambino. Oh no, <laughs> no, I I broached the Martino subject, but was shouted yeah. down on the last podcast. <laughs> I was, no, yeah, we said no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I still owe you a flip flop. So <laughs> yeah, okay, but uh, yeah, I don't know. To me, that was probably the coolest little unexpected thing was sort of Gambino showing up. You know, again having that look on his face, like he really enjoys combat. Yes, yeah. so it was fun. For, you know, he was really relishing telling him, you know, what to do against this guy. Did, I'd like to to know like if there was any flourishes. Like, was he insulting the guy at all, or you know? Uh, actually, no, I can't tell you. But it's true, he looks uh, pretty smug, you know, at least. <laughs> but I, I don't know about the text. I haven't checked it, so okay, I can't tell you. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Gambino stuff real quick. Um, do you think Mira chose to show us this Gambino stuff because I mean, there's two different ways you can really look at this. One, it's fresh in Gut's mind because it's closer to this time period in his life. You know, he's basically fresh from the Gambino part of his life, but also because we associate Gambino with this part of his life because of that proximity. Do you think it was either of those, or it was just because you know, like Griff kind of hinted at before, kind of like a fan service type thing? Like fans would really get into seeing Gambino again. You know, well, I, I think it's a. Uh both that at this time of uh, Gus' life, it was very relevant to have Gambino show up and, you know, give advice in his memory and so on. And I think Mira also wanted to, I mean, it was a good opportunity for him to show more of Gambino, you know. I, I don't think he really did it like, oh, the fans would like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure, I mean, I'm not sure the fans like it in general. I mean, we like it, but it's not like we as a majority. But in any case, I think Mira did it because it felt right to him, and he probably wanted to do it himself, you know. At least that's my take on it. Sure, I mean, I think, it's, not, it's not out of place or anything at all. I mean, it's, it, it certainly fits with it. I was just curious about yeah. it because he comes up in, you know, multiple different times in this sequence, so. I think he's literally a ghost in that scene. No, I'm what just kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, that's the ghost of you. You sounded so serious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was the point. No, but uh, no, I agree that it's both as well. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it was done like as fan service, but I think it was like it was like I think it was you know sort of. I think it was author service in a way. Like you said, it was like a good opportunity for him to like draw him again and have him do stuff, and you know. You know, he's smart. Like, if he goes back and he does something like this, he's going to, you know, take advantage of it, bring back, like, a neat character that, you know, sort of served his purpose and went away. But it would be nice to, like, explore them again, Yeah. you know, and do a little bit with them. So, yeah, it, I think that's, you know, it's a natural thing that he would be back. Though one thing, it's, like, it's interesting because we haven't really seen, like, I can't really recall, like, another sort of scene like this where, like, someone literally appears like that. Mm. You know, to the character, it reminded me of like a vagabond thing more yeah. than you know something I've seen in Berserk. Like that, that where it, it happens frequently in there. Well, and, I think, and it's particularly used here because Guts is, is still learning things about the battlefield, and he's still kind of processing the things yeah. that Gambino told him. So, you know, he'll see an example of something Gambino told him, and maybe it didn't click with him until he encounters it in combat, and then he's able to incorporate the lesson with the execution. So, yeah. yeah. 
Whereas by sense. the time we see him again, you know, chronologically, he's, you know, be a little more hardened. Yeah. Yeah. More battle ready. Yeah. Which it's, it's neat because he is still very young here. He's not at, when we, when we see him later on in Bazuzo, which yeah, obviously he's not a fully formed, fully formed character there, but he's more capable here. You know, it's right before he becomes, you know, truly uh, significant as a warrior. Yeah. So. Well, he's also weakened. I mean, he's in a weakened state. In, of course, in this, you know. Yeah. So Malmerge, and has no weapon. So. Yeah, and he's also he also has no strength. I mean, he comments on it uh, in the episode. Like, even yeah. though his uh, wounds are healed and such, and he doesn't have a fever anymore, he's still weak from uh, his time when he was wounded. So he doesn't have any strength, and right. yeah, he, he has dull sword. Well, he's, yeah, not even a dull sword. It's a sword he's unfamiliar with using. You know, he's using yeah. Uh, he's used to using a larger sword, so but you know he doesn't have much trouble. Comes away virtually unscathed. Wow, yeah, it was a close call though. I like uh, Mira did like the reverse, you know, Bible in the pocket. I guess with the flower flying out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was pretty Don't nice. Worry. Yeah, that was uh, a nice touch. How it uh, ended up saving him again. Not just that though. I mean, you see it earlier as well. He kind of forgets that it's there, and he's reminded of it at a moment in the battle after the first time he got knocked to the ground. Yeah, uh, he's reminded of it, and it made me think of. It gives him a reason to fight. You know, uh, it, it reminds him that there's something bigger than this. This battle. You know. Yeah, you know? and also, you know, he sort of owes her that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the whole series, the section is about, you know. Companionship, not fighting for just yourself, but having companions to, to be yeah. there for you as well. So she kind of indirectly helped him out of this uh, in two different yeah. instances. One was pure luck, if you want to call it that. And, and one was guts kind of, you know, having a strengthened resolve because he wanted to, you know, keep his promise to her. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I mean, she like, you know, even in the last episode, she sort of healed him, you know, Physically and psychologically, you know, he right, was, yeah. you know, he was obviously depressed and she kind of, you know, cheered him up, even though, you know, at the end she, she dies and, you know, once again, you could, you know, it's even more depressing, but I still think he was in a better place. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And like you said, it gave him that extra resolve to sort of, you know, make it, make it count. Yeah, it's, it's what he says actually when he's uh he's fighting. He says he, he can't go on like that because he'll be exhausted soon, and he, and his wounds will reopen. And then feelings of flower. He says he has no time to waste anyway. Yeah, that's what he says. Right. Like uh, you know, thinking about replanting the the flower. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm. And yeah, and the you know Martino shows up with this uh, group. Which um, Azil, I think you said maybe maybe the group that they used to be a part of. Yeah, I think uh, basically uh, Martino and uh, Gus were together, in, you know, in that group, mm-hmm. and they were captured. I know maybe they got separated from the main force or whatever and got you know captured. Mm-hmm. Then when Martino escaped, he went back to the to the guys and led them to the castle. So Martino comes right. back and says, "Oh, thanks to you." I could uh, get the, the you know all main force to to take the yeah. castle and such. And obviously, Gus is not you know doesn't take it very well because uh, even though the guy is putting on friendly face, he still fucked him up. So yeah, yeah, it's right. like you know yeah, yeah you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and I, I mean, Martino's appearance for me was surprising because, again, like I said last episode, it was, well, what would he be able to contribute? And we didn't think he'd come with a giant army. But it also answers the question, like, yeah, Guts is going to hold this guy hostage, obviously, but what then? You know, what, how does he get out of the castle at that point? And obviously, yeah, like it saves the day. Yeah, because, you know, it didn't look like, even though he took him hostage, you know, he obviously wasn't in yeah, that much of a position of power, especially after the guy, I don't know if it was better or worse when the guy got hit with an arrow. Did that, yeah. uh, was that a fatal wound or was he just like, was it just sort of a <laughs> whoops, you know? No, he says, he, he says, I, or something like that. <laughs> he was that. just having a bad yeah. day. <laughs> like, it's not fatal, but yeah, probably not a very enjoyable. You can see <laughs> yeah, the guy, actually, later in the episode, you can see him crawl away from guts <laughs> oh, pretty that. yeah pretty pathetically <laughs> he's like he's a he's like a good proto even though you I mean he's not a prototype but you know chronologically he's like a prototype for a don and you know <laughs> what yeah just fat and stupid you know oh yeah Kenneth, i see him i see him running away now <laughs> our various uh you know crawlers and in embarrassing sorts <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I see these guys even worse than all of them put together, you know. This is a superintendent or whatever the guy is in the mm-hmm. hood, you know, actually comments that he's so big and strong that even several adults have trouble, uh, you know, handling him usually. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, the guy's just, you know, he's just useless. I mean, he has no skill, nothing. At least Bazuso or Adan had some sort of skill. Yeah. But these, these guys just, he's the worst. Yeah. He's spoiled kid, basically. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like, you know, Adon, you know, could fight, actually. He was actually, like, he was actually good. He, it's just his personality completely undermined it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, whereas this guy's just a total zero. So, so Cheech didn't actually make it, which also was a bit of a downer. But it's it's handled yeah. well in the episode. It's not, I mean, it's kind of, again, it, it is a little bittersweet. Um, yeah. but it's not, I didn't leave this episode super depressed. Like maybe it could have been, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she still got him through the fight. Essentially. He was able to keep his promise, even though she didn't make it, unfortunately. And there's this little cute moment where guts remembers something that she'd said. And I think it's, uh, will they remember it or will they recognize me? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's thinking to himself, which is what she said last episode. Yeah. I don't have the translation of the last page, but I think it's kind of a coda, which is what I was uh, yeah, it's. Um, I think I posted it in the in the thread. It's. Uh, mm-hmm. God says, "Well, that was uh, the time, that time of my past." You know, mm-hmm. these memories, and I still don't know whether it, it was real or not. Like mm-hmm. whether Cheech was real or not at the time, he still well, isn't sure whether it was just a dream. But uh, yeah, is is that voice? You might not be able to answer that, but is that voice active or passive? Meaning, is he is it as if he's here <laughs> or looking back? You know what I mean? Like, is he looking it's, back uh, on it? No, no, yeah, it's a uh, current guts, uh, okay. you know, yeah. Neat. That's cool. Well, uh, I don't want to see like I'm glad that she, she didn't make it or come back, but I mean, I think it, like you said, it was handled well. It was, you know, it wasn't sad. It was even, you know, the ending was still kind of uplifting for at least for guts. Yeah. You know, in a way, I mean, he sort of, you know, has a new way forward and, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not surprised she didn't come back. And, you know, I mean, it obviously made her sacrifice, you know, a sacrifice. It was, you know, more meaningful that way. She really did, you know, give herself up for him. Yeah. Intentional or not. Well, it, it makes sense also within the context of everything. I mean, yeah, the reason Guts was a bit, I mean, he's a bit, I don't know what yeah. to say. 
warrior you, you, elves or maybe uncomfortable yeah. with elves. I, I guess uncomfortable might be more proper anyway. Yeah, because of that experience. So if she yeah, had, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like the equivalent. Of, I mean, we discussed how you know he could have not seen her, you know, yeah. survive, but then it would have made it. You know, it still would have undermined it for the audience, like his feeling. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was good this way and I don't know in a way it's sort of like the I don't know when you say how you know yeah it's supposed to explain why he's sort of wary it's like you know it's sort of the closest we're going to get to guts like you know having a dog that died or something that's probably a, a terrible thing to say but it's <laughs> it's yeah. sort of you know I don't know I I can't agree with that man she was more <laughs> of a friend she you know she was a, she was a sentient dogs being are, dogs are friends dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. dog. What's Puck then? Just like a cat or a bird? Yeah. <laughs> I'd say he's more like a cat. He kind of goes off on his own, especially now. But... <laughs> oh, did you guys wonder... have a dog that died when you were a kid? <laughs> no, I, all mine ran away, basically. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm, it's just sort of the same like kind of feeling. Sure. <laughs> like. But uh, and why you would feel you know strange about that kind of relationship in the future. But it's funny that he says he doesn't know if it's a dream or not. I understand like you know describing it that way, like sort of a dreamlike. But he ought to probably be pretty sure now that it was real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at this point, like yeah. you know, like, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was a dream or not. But I, I'm pretty confident I wasn't like just dreaming this. You know, since I I know all about these elves now. Right. Well, now that we've wrapped up this three-part uh, episodes, do you think this will be the end of all of this stuff? Do you think it'll ever be called back upon, or is it completely self-contained? Well, like uh, as said, it'll probably, you know, if not, you know, maybe indirectly, you know, things in Elfhelm yeah. will relate to it. Like it'll just sort of already have set the the groundwork where they won't have to directly reference it, but you'll see things. Well, I guess yeah. that would reference it, but yeah. it'll just, it, it'll yeah, it'll just maybe set up things we're going to learn going forward. I think it's going to be indirect, if anything, like Riff said. I mean, it, it doesn't really need to, you know, to lead into something very concrete or anything, but yeah, it's some background which can explain things. At the same time, what we learned about, you know, Chich, you know, we were just introduced to a new type of elf, and it's yeah. just like that. I mean, just like that, like it's nothing. You know, that's something Mira does often, and he does it very, very well. So, you know, when we go to Alfam and uh, you know the king of the flower storm is I don't know associated to a huge fucking tree. Well, you know that one. It's not a surprise. He's not flying, but associated to a tree. Mm-hmm. Two, it explains why he can't leave his island. You know, all this oh. stuff. You know, it's yeah. it's all explained, and it was just introduced just like that, like it's nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think yeah, indirectly it, it explains and it introduces a lot of stuff, and even the stuff we got with Gambino might be used. You know, when Casca wakes up, I mean, I, assuming she wakes up, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, a lot of memories brought back for guts. Maybe we'll see a little bit more about Gambino back then, or maybe even if he's not shown, you know. Guts' feelings and such. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff which could, you know, be used that was shown in these little three, you know, episodes. Yeah, you know, it's... uh, Oh, sorry, go ahead. The the most I would hope for, like a callback for this, is to see just a panel or two of Guts reacting to seeing an elf like Cheech in Elf Elf. You know, that's all I'd really care to see. That would be really neat to see how he'd react to that. Yeah, especially if it looked very similar to her or something like that. You know, he might 
have similar <laughs> feelings and all. So you know, seeing a field or something, and you know, there's a, a page. It's on a panel. It's on page twenty-three where you see him looking at the field. You know, with a very, I mean, indescribable, you know, look yes. on his face. You know, a face a bit like that would be. Yeah, it's all that it would take. You know, for right. me to be satisfied. You know, right. He looks very grown up in that shot too. Yeah, it looks uh, like the the design, the model. It's like very almost adult guts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I don't agree, know. If that, yeah. I don't know if that was intentional or not, just to you know show you know that he's coming through. Because like in the first uh, episode of this little trilogy, you know he did he did, Mira did a good job of making him look like a kid again or an adolescent. Yeah, I thought he looked. I thought he looked deliberately very grown up in that last shot. I think it's a, an effect of the framing and and the ang- and and the, the the way he's looking. It, it's a more mature looking stance well, than yeah. how was shown earlier, yeah. you know, yeah. a high angle versus a low angle and things like that. Yeah, you know, even a few a few pages earlier when he's still wearing his helmet and looking down at the flower crushed by the hoof of yeah. the horse, you know, he, he still looks. It, it's a, a shot yeah. that re- reminds me a lot of the early, you know, golden age. So yeah, uh, yeah actually, I see. I think the shot. I don't know if it's. Uh, I mean, you know, meant to be or not, but yeah, he does look very mature in it in comparison and also what's also cool about this episode is i mean i kind of expected this but the last page even sets us up directly for what happens next kind of walking off into what we where we know he lands you know uh, yeah and all it's perfectly seamlessly uh ends it preparing it for the next sequence in the timeline one thing that i find interesting is that he's wow from what we see he's living you know alone yeah. You know, so yeah, it's it's a, a bit of a callback to the first episode where he's you know talk with Martino and what he remind, remembers from Gambino about you know make, making friends on the battlefield and such and how you can't trust people. And so yeah, it feels to me I don't know I think I think it's uh, somewhat profound. You know, Chich yeah. was a real friend to him and she died. And Martino's just, you know, he's not somebody reliable. So mm-hmm. in the end, Gut just leaves off in the, you know, in the, alone like that. It's also also that sure. we've never mind. Is it go ahead? I was gonna say he's probably more open-minded too to, you know, friends and all, which is probably what you were referring to to say that it's uh, he's a little different than when he started. So yeah. Well, so, I actually have a little bit of a different interpretation there. Well, first I was gonna say it's like. It's in a long line of famous, you know, guts walking away from behind shots in yeah. the series. You know, starting with the the first uh, episode, and uh, you know when he yeah. becomes the Black Swordsman, when he leaves Griffith, and uh, this this just reminds me of that, you know, first of all, and uh, also like I feel like you know he's going off alone. I feel like Gambino sort of won the day, like his message won out, you know, both in the fight and also you know for this where he's going in his life in this period. You know, you can't trust people, and you know his friend that he did have, you know, friend, you know friends end up dying on you, mm-hmm. and you feel bad. You know, was sort of you know I feel like maybe part of the message he came in with there. You know, she was a real friend to him, and you know she died, you know, because of him, and, and yeah. he lost her. So you know, I feel like it, this is sort of makes sense for going into a period in his life where like he doesn't really want friends, you know, and he wants to be by himself. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think that's uh that's part of what was intended, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. He he was a uh, friend, yeah, he made friends and they were weak and they died and yeah. Hmm. That's the opposite of what I took, but I thought it was your point. 
Yeah. I think I think there's two sides to it anyway. I mean, Chief yeah, showed I him that he can have friends and real friends, you know, something sincere, not just like uh, with Martino where you want to trust people, but they fuck you up. But at the same time, he also learned to shield himself from, uh, you know, feeling too much for other people because, yeah, sometimes, you know, life is harsh and he has a die yeah. and such. Yeah, what you said, I mean, it's like my what I said is just sort of a good interpretation for the short term. In the long run, though, I mean, obviously he does, you know, meet new friends and this does set that up. And well, even more painfully, when you think about it, those friends do die or betray him. It's like yeah. it's the same yeah. cycle happens again, just on a much worse scale. So, right. yeah, I see. Well, anyway, I think there's two sides to it. Anyway, I, I think there's really, you know, the lesson of, you know, Chich's uh, friendship. I think I think it wasn't lost and uh, eventually, it, you know, came to be what he He's currently today with real friends, people he can rely on, and he wants to protect and so on. And I think it's also a parallel to that, you know, to his current friends, even though there's references to his, uh, you know, Falcons and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of um, when we first trying to compare what we know now, having seen this entire three part section of the series, uh, versus what we expected from this. You know, I don't think I had any specific expectations, but whatever they were, they were surpassed because it, it it accomplished a lot more than I thought it would. You know, I'm very impressed with the result of all this. Oh yeah, well yeah, it was uh, it was very unexpected. I mean, this little flashback in itself, self contained like that, was very unexpected for me, and yeah. I think it's a. Uh, it's pretty brilliant for Mira to, to, to do this. He just did it because he felt like, oh, I have the, the opportunity now and and such. But yeah, I think it was pretty cool. Uh, he he I wanted think, to show you how the golden age is supposed to be. You know, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You know, uh, it, it actually might be the case. You know, I, I even think, even when you see Guts fighting with uh, just a standard longsword, you know, I mean... You, when you think in the movies, uh, replace his sword with uh, you know, a long sword to make him fight some guards, and yeah, well, he just showed us what one can do with it. And uh, what's actually incredible is that even the you know, technique, like I said, uh, you know, in the threads, the technique Gus uses to, to fight uh, the fat guy, mm-hmm. it's stuff that was really used in you know historically, like very when you are faced with an opponent that's you know much more protected than you are, and you don't have you know, a, a normal sword can't do much, you know, against it. Yeah, yeah, all these, you know, techniques using the hilt and such, it's stuff that was really used by masters, you know, at the mm-hmm. time. So I, I think it's pretty cool, honestly. It, it was a very refreshing. And I don't yeah. think we're going to see Guts use a, a sm- such a small sword again. So <laughs> yeah, I just enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it is cool how unconventional it is, and it's surprising. Yeah, he's a smart kid. <laughs> <laughs> well it was interesting uh when it came up in the thread and uh they mentioned the use of the hill it reminded me again of uh sod fight where yeah. he or even oh, more impressively yeah. which i don't think anyone in history has ever used a sword yeah. that way oh, that <laughs> was pretty, yeah. yeah that was just crazy but uh yeah it was just interesting the way guts well you know find a way you know sort of a genesis of how he'll use anything on the battlefield to his advantage how he learns that lesson yeah. yeah, definitely. That's one of my favorite fights in the series, that Hill and Swords fight. with. Yeah, it's, it's very... Uh, I think Mira put a lot of effort into it, honestly. It, it's yeah. very, very detailed. And uh, honestly, it's probably the most 
I don't know if I can say technical, but uh, one of the most involved fights in the series yeah. ever. Yeah, there isn't another fight like it in the whole series. Like he'll yeah. like he'll show you know swords clanging and different things happening you know very clearly. I mean the fight with Salat is involved, but not to this degree where like they were moving you know the 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 speed that yeah. was being conveyed. Yeah, they were just moving so fast and doing so much. It was a totally different fight than you know. I don't think he hasn't had anything since because it's just been you know more conventional wow. things that he can kill you know without yeah he, he yeah. was using the dragon slayer basically like you know a fencing sword you know during that <laughs> you know when well, he had to well the thing is you know honestly gus doesn't usually have to fight i mean yeah. somebody of an equal skill so yeah he's, he's either you know slashing through losers or he's fighting huge monsters who don't even use swords so yeah. fighting against another swordsman of equal skill and strength yeah, that's very. Rare. I think we might see another sword fight like this in the future, and if we do, it will be against Zod again. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. You think they'll Although, ever show a Skull Knight Zod fight like in detail? It's always sort of just, uh, it's like represented in you know sort of these broad strokes. <laughs> well, I I don't know because I think uh, from what we've seen, I think you know I'm not sure we, we'd even see a Gus against Zod fight because now that Gus has the armor. He's too strong as a swordsman for Zod in his human form, and I think it's uh, the same for the Skull Knight. You know, that's why Zod doesn't he he doesn't even bother. He just transforms right away. Like for example, yeah. in uh, Volume Twenty Twenty Five Twenty Six. Yeah. You know, because uh, they're just you know the Skull Knight is just he's insanely fast. He slashes through everything. So I, I think I think he just slashed the sword to bits. You know. Hmm. Yeah, gets me excited thinking about stuff. Puts a smile on my face just thinking about what might happen with that kind of I, stuff in the future. You know what? You know what I'm wondering about actually is a whole a fight against Locus would look, you know, because of his lens. When he transforms, mm-hmm. his lens becomes, you know, it can slash and such. I wonder how a fight like this would go. Who's well, going to yeah. fight him if it's going to be guts yeah. or? Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the immediate next natural question is there are all these opponents to face. Who's how's it going to break down? It's not going to be guts versus all of them in a one-on-one fight. I mean, that's kind of absurd. Yeah, yeah. you know what? It should be. I feel like Skull Knight would be a good like locust fight, just because they're both you know on horseback. It's kind of yeah. unique. I-, I like that actually. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Both knights. <laughs> oh, no, I'm getting excited now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it in my head, like- though. In my head, though, that fight lasts like five seconds or like two panels. Well, that's the thing. You wouldn't think of uh, Locust being able to stand up to it. But, I mean, he is one of the big five. Maybe he's supposed to be like up there with uh, Zod. You don't know. Yeah, I mean, he can. Well, he did uh, quite a bit of damage uh, when he was in Ganishka's castle. So, I mean, Windham. So, I don't know. Maybe he. I don't think he's a pushover. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, but he's yeah, he's probably not Skull Knight, but it's like I don't know. It'd be interesting to see them go at it just from their you know. It'd just be great to like. It'd be like an old fashioned joust, the the Knight of the Rose versus the Moonlight Knight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, indeed. Speaking of which, this is tangential, but when the uh, knights come in the castle, the armor design looked reminiscent to me of some of the apostles we see in like Volume Twenty Three when oh. they're in their armor. I wanted I to. Hoping. It also reminded me of uh, you know when they raid Ganeshka's castle. Yeah. It reminded me of that when the hawks come storming in there. That shot right. really reminded me, you know, directly of the shot of them coming in when Locus, not Locus, but Arakshas was dealing with uh, right. Salat and company. It but was like very reminiscent. 
I don't think it's the same though. I mean, I, I could go back and look, but I, I, my first impression was, "Hey, I wonder if one of these guys turns out to be an apostle later on or something like that." But I don't ah. think that's the case. It looks too generic, I think, of the design. Yeah, it's but. just you know, it's just ornamental armor. Yeah, and yeah. that's just the first you know four or so, and after that, the guys are just they're just you know, I mean, standard soldiers, I guess. I would say. Yep. Yep. So well, yeah, the first four must be nobles. It's just what I was going to say. They must be uh, nobles, and just guys are yeah knights or something like that. You know, people who have a rank, and mm-hmm. just guys are just uh, you know standard troops. Plus the insignia, it's just a generic looking knight thing. I'd hoped for again. I kept hoping for some kind of just a small callback. Like if, for example, if we saw like locusts, you know, at some point they're like, oh, you know. But of course, you are, you're asking for too much, man. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't. Ah. I wasn't really expecting it, but it would be cool if uh, we'd, I'd seen that. That's all. Well, beforehand, I was predicting, like, you know, Zan and I think you know, half a dozen other people showing up in their past lives. Well, maybe we'll see Serpico and Farnes as children, you know? Like, yeah, we'll playing, see them you know? at, a, at a dance scene. With yeah, we'll see them at the ball, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we already, we already did that Jeez. flashback, I thought. It's oh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we did see them as children, and they didn't meet guts. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, I don't have much more to say about 3.30. Uh, do you think we're missing anything over or anything else, guys? Well, um, no, I don't think so. Okay. You tend, you tend to say, we probably could have talked about that more, but like in the moment, it seems like we yeah. exhausted it, you know? Uh, I mean, we, we can talk about uh, about everything. I mean, honestly, yeah, <laughs> we, we could talk about it more. I mean, like, for example, oh, the, the end, the last panels, I think they are very reminiscent of... Uh, Griffiths was talking earlier about a lot of scenes where you see Gus walking off into the distance. I think the, what it reminds me most of is uh, the end of the Lost Children uh, chapter. I don't yeah. know if you guys agree. Oh, I think I it's yeah, it's the same. Even as far as a bittersweet feeling goes, I think it's a, it's the same. I mean, to me at least, it's a bit in the same vein, you know. Except this time, it's guts and not Jill. But uh, yeah. yeah, I, I, I get, I feel it's a bit of the same. Well, yeah, we, uh, we even uh, called that like before. I think we talked about it the last uh, podcast. We, you know, that was our expectation that it would probably be that was the ending we cited as most likely to be similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, and other than that, I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but uh, a lot of other things that were historically accurate in this episode are the little bar on the Vikings uh, package. If you look at the top of page three, the top panel, you can mm-hmm. see he's got a bar on top of his balls, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, know. Yeah. I'm looking I... at it right now. What the hell? I noticed yeah. it earlier today. I didn't know what that was about. I was like, I'm just going to leave that alone. I'm going to look away from his crotch now. Yeah. People <laughs> actually actually wore stuff like that, uh, uh, you know, at, at the time. And it, it, the same goes for the son's armor. You know, he's, he's got some kind of bulge to protect oh. his balls. And yeah, actually, uh, you the know. the card piece. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, seeing armors and such, and uh, I think it was a, a king of England who had a huge fucking, you know, birch for his balls. Like, you know, it was just ridiculous. But it's yeah, the equivalent of like, you know, wearing a, a giant, you know, symbolic phallus. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. The, you know, much. I'm the leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. that's pretty much it. So yeah, I don't know. It made me smile when I saw it in the episode. 
And uh, yeah, so that's about it. Well, you can imagine when a noble is, you know, having a piece of armor handcrafted for him. He's like, how's it coming? How, blacksmith, how's my armor coming? He's like, oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, what, when you get to the part where my balls go, make it huge. I'm talking <laughs> like coconut huge, you know, for each one, okay? Make sure. See, this is why perfect. we stop talking about the episode at a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're like, yeah, we've talked about everything we really need to. Now we're pregnant <laughs> balls. Too much detail, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I also want to say that uh, the little fight uh, against the sun in the arena reminded me of, you know, the tournament uh, Guts participates when he first meets uh, Silat, you know? Yeah. Uh, Noble uh, actually even reminds, like, he's not the same, but, like, just the mustache and, you know, the attitude, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, yeah, like a provincial lord, you know, yeah, it's, it's a bit like that, yeah. 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 I liked it. I also liked the fact that, uh, you know, we are shown a, a bit of... Uh, I don't know if I can say background, but yeah, a bit of a background of the you know battles and uh, you know who it was in that in that time. You know, I don't know if we are even Midland or in Tudor or anything, but I think it was nice to see these kinds of battles. Yeah. And uh, one other thing I want to point out before I'm done is that it it was it was nice to see guts actually losing a battle. I don't know if we talked about this before, but he starts by being uh, you know captured mm-hmm. and. We we don't often see guts uh, losing, you know, yeah. ever. And I, I think it was kind of neat to show that, you know, it's a what's say a bit of an incentive for him to join the band of the Falcons, even though he was left no choice and such and such. I mean, he was part of groups who weren't very mm-hmm. good and who actually lost battles to other groups, even though he was a, a remarkable fighter. You know, by himself. So I, I think it's nice to show these little details. Of course, they go without saying. Like, if we hadn't been shown, we would have known, or we could have guessed, or imagined it anyway. But I think it was it was nice to 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 see it. Mm-hmm. Well, it also, you know, we also see him losing one on one. You know, now that you mention it, you know, in that fight, and you know, even though he's weak and got all these things, it, it goes to show yeah. though that you know it's not easy. Like, yeah. you know, he make he makes it look easy, but it's like, you know, he's getting kicked around by this loser just because he's not, you know, prepared the way he needs to be. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like it just, yeah, just to show like, you know, what he does is that amazing. It's not just something, you know, cause, you know it's easy to take for granted. And I'm going to continue to take it for granted going forward and expect him to <laughs> just kick ass. But, yeah, it was it was nice to see him unexpectedly getting sort of knocked around. What what yeah. is with the noble's face on page eleven? It bothers me when I'm looking at the episode. The armor design, the top of the page, when Gambino's talking. Look at the yeah. design, the eyebrows and the mouth. It just looks like comical. It's, yeah, like it's, a, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like a noble. Like yeah, no, be, yeah. But well, I mean, it's just. Ridiculous. But I mean, I think it's supposed. I think it's supposed to be ridiculous, though. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, it's like yeah, you know, I think Gambino. Like I don't know what it. I don't know if his attitude is conveyed here, but I don't imagine he's like a big, uh, big royal guy, you know, who's like really follows, you know, all that and has a lot of respect. So he's probably just, you know, a lot uh, of the tone. Go ahead, Azil. No, I was just going to say again, uh, you know, armors like that, helmets like that were actually made uh, historically. You know, people, we we see we see some before. I mean, in other parts of Berserk too, uh, this is not the first time we see uh, that kind of stupid armor. You know, even Zondark, he had you know some pretty stupid you know helmets. Or how about a Zan? Like that that armor wow. there is sort of reminiscent yeah. of his mask. Yeah, as and with yeah, the feather right. mustache. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, this kind of stuff was actually made. So yeah, it, it looks a bit dumb, but 
I mean, I guess these people who wear these armors are dumb themselves or have no taste at least. It's actually think, kind of scary that mask. He looks like Michael Myers or something the way he's staring at him. <laughs> it's just sort of his dead man. face. I'm not. It doesn't look intimidating at all. It looks comical, but I'm, it looks I like to the say, king from Burger King. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just missing his crown. The um, <laughs> yeah. but guts fights against these you know larger opponents, uh, opponents that are heavily you know much more heavily armored than him. It kind of sets him up. It's kind of interesting parallels to his battles against apostles and you know yeah. overwhelming odds. Yeah. A, a battle he's not supposed to win that he manages to get on top of because he's you know a great fighter and he just has yeah, the knowledge of how to take down larger opponents. He's always fought against overwhelming you know enemies. I guess right. that's even even the fight against Bazuso. I think at yeah. the time. When Burash showed it, you know, it it was meant to to show us that Guts has always fought against enemies that were overpowering him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because we always knew that when it showed him training, like you know, when he was a kid, he had to use a, a an adult sword, so that explains why he can use. But yeah, I didn't really think of it as much about how like when he was fighting as a kid, so he was always fighting, you know, people that were much bigger than him. And yeah. having to learn how to, you know, take down those opponents. And like he tell you know, he gives a Sidro that advice, I think, you know, that you know, you can't fight, you know, someone bigger than you as if you're the same size. You know, you have to, you know, find your advantages. Right. Yeah. No one no one's gonna spare you any corridor on the battlefield because yeah. you're small. I think that's what he says. Yeah. Well, yeah, good good episode, good three part series. Hopefully, uh, we'll see El Film maybe this fall, maybe this winter. Although I don't actually expect them to, you know, episode three thirty one. It's not going to start with them on the shore of shores of El El Film. It might. <laughs> I just I tend to doubt it. It seems a little optimistic to me. Episode three thirty one: Revenge of the Pirates. <laughs> They're yeah. Back. <laughs> They're back. I'd enjoy that actually. I think it would cause. Uh people's heads to explode, but I would like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think we're done with them. <laughs> yeah, I think it's over. But the dream yeah, is dead, I, but... Uh, <laughs> at, this, at this point, yeah. I think there will at least be, like, a couple of, like, episodes of, like, Guts still recovering on the ship and such. I would like to see that. I would like to see them yeah. back you know, when they started again. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, actually. You know, Mura often... Uh, Sometimes he takes uh, he takes his time for something while we expected things to go f- quickly, and sometimes we expect things to take a while, and he just goes straight to the point. And I I, I don't think we're going to. You think it'll be a dramatic on... leap? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, you know by the next time we see them, it it will be very close to Alfam, or yeah, even maybe you know at the shore of Skellig or something. But yeah, it's going to be uh, I think pretty fast. I don't know. I think he. I think at least one episode where at the end, like they see the island in the distance, and it's just a moment of like, there it is. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to end an episode. Like three thirty one ends with you know the first true shot of the island. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I love all this talk, and then like three volumes later, are we at the island yet? <laughs> <laughs> are they still on the boat? Oh. Yeah. Remind uh, actually, me when Berserk's worth reading again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, uh, I I wonder if we are going to see uh, you know the protections. Uh, you know, Skellig is supposed to be surrounded with like it's not supposed to be you know. Oh yeah. Uh, 
you know, shown or humans aren't supposed to be able to go there. So I wonder if we're going to see that or, I mean, since the wars merged, you know, everything's different. And anyway, they had guts with, they had pack with them, so they could have, you know, gone through and such. But I, I wonder if we're going to, to see it or not. I would, I would like to see that actually. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be really cool. I'm just having these images in my head of what it could look like. It could Sounds be guarded awesome. by monsters as well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or it could totally have some kind cool. of like it could have some kind of like magical protection that's no longer operable, so it's like just destroyed things or along, yeah. along the coastline or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I think it's probably you know. So, I mean, no, not probably, but it could be surrounded by you know rocks, so that you have to navigate, you know, knowing what you're doing, and you know, much like Flora in the in her forest, you know. There was some little, you know, runes on trees, right. and if if people didn't know, they couldn't go through or search if they weren't yeah. authorized. You and, basically uh, have like a forest of rocks with like runes on it, or just like a rock sticking up, like a pillar. Yeah, you yeah, have something no. like that. Yeah, just some kind of basically uh, stuff that would just not necessarily sticking out, but yeah, the uh, ships would you know wreck on it. So and. Uh, uh-huh. The runes are broken or something like that, and so they can go through, uh, you know, unhindered. I do wonder what their reception is going to be like. You know, even though they're in the company of elves and all, uh, well, I wonder I if it'll be hostile <laughs> or not. You know, I think elves are pretty, you know, friendly in general. So, well, yeah, and I don't know. Skull Knight, you'd think would have like, you know, given them the heads up or like, you know, he's he's been invited basically. You know, I don't know how much you know. <laughs> They'll be like, well, we don't hang out with that guy. We don't like him. <laughs> he comes around here. He's he looks like a fucking. He looks like death. We don't want him around here. <laughs> Uh, I've also I've also wondered for a while if Puck's you know will be welcomed back. You know what I mean? Like I wonder oh, why yeah. he left in the first place. So that, that's, yeah. that's going to be interesting. So well, I'm waiting. You know, Puck. yeah, you know, if it's like Prince Puck, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, my you favorite know, it, use the royalty. It could be actually, honestly. I mean, even, even as far as his name goes, it could be. Yeah, the prodigal son yeah. returns. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. But yeah, it would be funny. I, I think either way, it would be it would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that does it for episode discussion. Um, is there any movie news? Uh, uh, no, I don't know what we want to discuss. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. a neat week in uh, in media. We got Breaking Bad tonight, and then Friday, The Dark Knight Rises. So. Oh, is it really yeah. this Friday? Oh. Yeah, that's a pretty above average week. Like, yeah, sure, nice. So, yep. Well, that's about. It. I mean, those things aren't out yet, so there's nothing to talk about there. Oh yeah, I mean, I could <laughs> Other talk than look for, forward to it. I could probably talk for like thirty minutes on preparation for Breaking Bad, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah as, like we're gonna have to watch the first four seasons in the next ten minutes before we do it. So. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Azil would like Breaking Bad. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I know his, I know what he likes generally pretty well. I don't. I don't, I don't know if Breaking Bad's for you. It's a little too exaggerated. I think, honestly. Well, you know, I mean, I think the the first two seasons would be okay for him. Like yeah. up until like Better Call Saul. <laughs> That's the episode yeah, that sort of is the line in the sand. Where it gets me. good to me. <laughs> No, it's good, but it's it's also like that's where it gets really sort of exaggerated too. Yeah, you're right. That's true. You know, you guys are driving me mad. I'm going to have to watch this series now. Yep, <laughs> got to watch all five seasons of The Wire, and then hop into all four seasons of Breaking Bad, and then yeah, <laughs> I will, I will someday. Sure. <laughs> okay. Right after he reads, right after he reads Vagabond. 
You're pissed yeah. me off. I'm going to go watch The Wire as soon as this shit is over, okay? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I think you said that a couple of episodes ago. Or episodes yeah, five, but, five, yeah, five, but this time I'm, uh, I'm kind of riled up, you know, like as much as I can be, which is not very much. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'll, I will. I will do it. I swear. <laughs> I think I think he would like Breaking Bad just because it's like I think the main character is so compelling. Yeah, Breaking Bad as well, and then after that I read Vagabond. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Read Vagabond. Why is Vagabond last? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. On, on your list of things you're never gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> well. So I don't really need to do transitions or sections, but um, what have you guys been playing? Have you been playing anything? I've been fucking busy, honestly. I, I, mean, oh, I actually, I'll, I'll start up. My, my mine's real quick. I'll just go really quick. I um, we just finished moving. Actually, we're in the process of unpacking still in our new place, and so most of my free time is spent like rearranging shit or unboxing shit and putting things on shelf. Things like really exciting things. Um, <laughs> but I actually had a hankering for Final Fantasy VI again, which is. I think I can actually say this now after replaying it after like 20 years. It probably is my favorite game of all time. Wow. Wow. I, I started playing it again um, three or four days ago, and I've played – I've managed to do just about an hour a day, and I'm pretty consistent about it, and I'm still enjoying it. And I fully acknowledge I cannot qualitatively say it is the best game ever. It is totally, utterly tied to nostalgia. I mean – no question about it. It's all well, about Well, that's Final Fantasy VII. So. <laughs> that's the qualitatively best FF game. Is Aerith! <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm such a fucking sucker for Final Fantasy VI. I love it. It's a pretty game. awesome game. I've only played it once, but I just I, it looms large in my mind. I mean, the experience. I just remember it as being just fucking huge. I mean, you know, and all the characters... Oh it's yeah, pretty ridiculous. There's, great, there's great dialogue. There's the 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 character development's cool. The music's amazing. Like the I didn't even notice this. I've been a fan of the music for you know since I was a teenager. But there's like all these tiny little motifs in each track that kind of carry over into other tracks multiple times. It's yeah, really yeah. fascinating for I mean for a video game music scope to do that kind of thing. So I love it. Anyway, that's what I've been doing. Oh, I'm playing on a virtual console on the Wii, so it's like a perfect oh. emulation of it. Wow, so, it's a true yeah. experience. That's right. That's why I wanted <laughs> the, to the true fake experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, let's see. I've been really uh, busy too. Like I hadn't played uh, like Diablo three for basically. I couldn't even play any games for like the last week and a half because I was just I was going to work at like I had to get up at like five forty five in the morning to go to work. Oh my god! And then. Uh, oh. Yeah, and, you know, I'd come home and I'd, you know, obviously spend the rest of my time with uh, my girl. And then uh, and then I have to go to bed really early, like, mm-hmm. at, you know, <laughs> to get up that early. I have to go to bed at, like, 10 o'clock. So there really wasn't, like, any time for it until this weekend. And then I just played a little Diablo 3 and uh, Phantom Hourglass and got in trouble with my girl for playing it too much. So that that's that just goes to show you. Which one got you in trouble? The uh, uh, Diablo three, because I'm okay. sitting at the computer and she like looks over and like sees that it's like you know three in the morning <laughs> last night and it's like what are you doing like with your all life? you're doing is all you're doing is clicking. Yeah, I'm just clicking. It's like you don't understand. I'm, I'm making gold. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, so it's, tell me, it's, tell me now because I posted in the thread. You, know, you haven't been on there for like 29 days, by the way. It's it's 29 yeah. days exactly. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah. So tell me, as someone who's still playing Diablo 3, what is it that's still keeping your interest? 
Uh, well, you know, like I said, I, I didn't play it for a week, and it didn't, yeah. like, hurt me not to play it, I'll be honest. It, but it's, like, it's just it's it's just addictive when you're doing it. If you quit and you don't go back, I don't think you're going to have any, like, oh, man, I need to do that again. I didn't have any of that. It was just a decision to, like, oh, I'll play it. You know, I have an opportunity to play this today. I should do it. So, you know, I did. But then you get fucking addicted. It's like, you know, you're cl- you got to do the clicking. You got to get the gold. You got to get the gold to buy stuff. You got to... You gotta buy stuff so you can play more to get gold, so you can buy stuff, you know, and it just keeps it just keeps happening. And you can't even buy any good stuff because it's like you need especially right. on the auction house, it's like, you know, oh you wanna get a good sword, oh you need two hundred million, you know, gold. It's like, okay. Well I I don't it's like I'd rather it's like at that point you ought to just pay real money, but on principle I'm never going to do oh, that. Yeah. So Screw it's that. like at that that's that's the point where like I do put the game down and never play it again. So yeah, I don't know, I'm just trying to Mm-hmm. That would be the wall for me. I would just say, oh, I have to do that much time, invest that much time just to get a weapon, just so I can go out and kill more stuff so I can get a better weapon? Yeah, no, thanks. I've already hit that wall, you know? And it's like, I I, I just haven't been using the auction house at all, but I, I mean, I think I'm going to have to, like, start doing the gold auction house and just figuring out how to, you know, just get items I need to beat, you know, Inferno that aren't too expensive, you know, to get, like, the elite swords and stuff. It costs, like, just millions. Just buy them for $10,000 and... You know, be done with it. <laughs> Most of the items are like five or six bucks, aren't they? I mean, I, I perused that only 30 days ago, admittedly, but at the time, almost everything, the standard price is like under five bucks and things like that. In the real money? Yeah, in the real money auction house. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, that's to me, like, you should be able to buy the best thing in the game or beyond for five dollars. Like, this whole, <laughs> like, there's this whole idea that people are paying $250 real money for a fake sword that's going to get nerfed. Is insane. It's, yeah, I mean, it really is insane. Utterly insane. This is crazy. Yeah. And the it's thing just, is, the thing is, PvP hasn't even started yet. So oh you can imagine God. people are going to be paying exorbitant sums just to be able to, you know, have something that can win in PvP. You know, it's going to be even worse. And then there's the people that are like, oh man, I'm making a living off this. And it's like, God, there's so many obnoxious things involved in this game that it's like. Yeah. I, yeah, it's like again, it's like, do I want to tell people I'm a part of this? I mean, like even <laughs> even other gamers are gonna like look down on me. Like, geez, man, what are you yeah. doing? So, hmm? oh, I, I was gonna transition. So keep going. Oh well, I was gonna just transition too into. I've also been playing Phantom Hourglass, and you know, yeah. that's did that's get, fun. It's a fun little game. You said you got that as a gift. I'd forgotten. Did I send that to you, or did somebody else get that for you? Oh uh, no, I got it for my birthday. Uh, oh, okay. Just, uh, okay, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, it was a. Uh, yeah, it was a nice little gift. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun little game. Like, I don't have any, like, you know, the problem with the new Zelda games I play is I always, like, is this going to be the new, like, epic? You know, it doesn't have to be the best Zelda, but is it going to be the, you know, a new, unique, awesome, you know, Zelda experience? And the last one, you know, it felt like that for the first half of the game and then, you know, tapered off pretty badly. This one, I don't have any sort of expectations for. It's just sure. fun. So I can just enjoy it for what it is as this nice little handheld thing. I'm only to, like, the second, uh, like, what is it, the Wind Temple. Oh, okay. So I'm not very far in it. But I'm enjoying, like, you know, you have to draw things on your map. It's getting more involved that way. Like, you actually have to draw the shape of that island. Yeah. And, uh, you know. I'm not going to. I I enjoyed that game more as it got further in. The trouble is it, like, falls off a cliff at one point. Like, you get to the coolest part in the game, and then the game's over in, like, ten more minutes. And it's like, oh. You're like, what the hell? 
Yeah. Yeah, I remember Why you saying you that. that. Like you get like the best item or something that yeah. best uses the stylus and everything at the very yeah. end and it's over. Like, and it's it's one of the last things you get. And it's it's awesome, but it, there's nothing left to use it on after you get it. It's like great. Well, that was fun. I guess you're just supposed to sail around and Yeah. <laughs> level so, up. Can you actually uh can you actually like is it do you get it like sort of like while you're stuck on the path to fighting the final boss or can you get it no. and then leave and it's so you the can actually it's the penultimate dungeon. It's the one right before the last one. Okay, so I mean, at least you can maybe like maybe I'll just like focus on the plot, and then when I get that, I'll go do everything else on the side, and you know, enjoy yeah, like, it. you can you can level up the fairies and get them changed out and things like that. That's kind of fun. Also, I, I even just cosmetic things like it's neat that you can change up your ship, you right. know, and make it look different. Since I thought it looked kind of weird. That stuff was so much more fun than than it was in Spirit Tracks, which also allows you to customize your train. But at that point, you want to shoot yourself if you're playing Spirit Tracks. <laughs> like Phantom Hourglass, I had a lot more fun with that game. I mean, it didn't blow me away, but it was it was fun. Uh, actually, A.G. Alnuma, the director uh, of the, the series right now, said it's his favorite Zelda game. Mm. What? Didn't, wasn't he the yeah. director of that? He said Spirit yes, Tracks yes. is his favorite Zelda game? No, 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 no. Phantom Hourglass is his favorite oh, Zelda yeah. Well, didn't, didn't, he, didn't he make that one? I think so. That's, I think <laughs> yeah. that's the one. I think that's the first one he did. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It's not the first one he did. He's been doing them. He, he was the director back during, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, what's the the GameCube one? Oh, Wind Waker. Uh, Wind Waker. Yeah. No, no, no. The other GameCube one. <laughs> oh, uh, what is it? Uh, Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess. Yeah. Yes, he's also on that. He, so he's I thought on, that he's, was. Uh, I thought that was. Uh, what's his face still? Miyamoto. No, 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 no. The one after him. A.G. Alnuma, that's the same guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, no, there's a new guy that did like uh, that did this one. Uh, and did, there was a different director for this one in Spirit Tracks, and he also oh, directed okay. uh, the latest one, Skyward Sword. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. So I thought yeah, I thought I you meant so. I thought you meant it was him saying like, "Oh, yeah, my favorite one in the whole series is this." Is it? You mean the first one you directed? <laughs> like that's a no, little. A.G. No, no, no. Alnuma is the guy that essentially took over after what? Yeah. Ocarina yeah. Of Time? Yeah, he did Majora's Mask. That was his, yeah. I guess, his like training wheels. Like, but he also he worked on uh, Ocarina you know, he, as well. Yeah, he designed like the dungeons in Ocarina, so he was heavily involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. That was just the last one Miyamoto was like sort of personally involved as a director in. Right, I, I think because hate, it was, like, I kind of hate hmm? Aonuma, honestly. <laughs> I I like. I like I like uh, Majora's Mask and Wind Waker, and uh, but ever since then it's like been this weird, you know, yep. I don't know, trying to recapture the the yep. Ocarina of Time magic, and it's just been like, okay, this is really derivative. <laughs> like, yep. let's let's get off it. Like, I I think he did some really great games in there when he took it in a different direction. Mm-hmm. It was like when they started trying to go back that it was like, okay, this is you know, we played this game. <laughs> We we could totally do a Zelda podcast, by the way. Like, Let's, please not do probably, one today. <laughs> I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying every time this topic comes up, and it's come up like three or yeah. four times across the whole thing, we always talk like 30 minutes about it. I think all of us, all three of us, are knowledgeable enough to do one. I don't know why we would want to. I'm just saying it's possible. Probably, so, yeah. uh, we'll probably end up doing that. Like with whatever, like the next one that comes out, hopefully soon. Yeah. There to be one on the 3ds sooner than it's going to be. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Azil, what have you been playing, man? Have you been playing anything? Uh, well, not really. Actually, I've been pretty busy. I still haven't finished uh, Max Payne Three. Actually, I'm at the okay. very, very end, but I haven't finished it. And uh, I bought a lot of uh, games on Steam recently, which uh, I probably should. Tell me yeah. about Endless Space. 
Uh, well, yeah, I haven't played it. Uh, the, okay. the only one I played is uh, The Binding of uh, Isaac, which right. uh, I played for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, pl- I plan on finishing uh, Max Payne 3, then playing maybe Endless Space or uh, L.A. Noir, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. So yeah. for the for the uninitiated, Endless Space is kind of a, it's a kind of 4X uh, strategy game. 4X is like the stupid terminology that basically means like, <laughs> You explore, you exploit, you exterminate the enemy. It's a stupid X thing, right? But it's basically that's, a strategy game. That's at least one X strategy. too many. Yeah, it's, it's it's a dumb name, but that's what they're called. But but anyway, it's really this was really cool. It's kind of a simplified uh, 4X because it's, some of these get really insane. Like Sins of the Solar Empire is so insanely deep that like you know a fraction of the population can actually get into it because there's so much going on. This is a little more streamlined and it has. Uh, so everything I've read about it is pretty fantastic, and it's a trailer out there that sold both me and Azeel on the game. That just uh, it talks about uh, the premise to the game, and it's pretty awesome. I think the name also helps. Uh, Endless space, you know, infinite space. You know, I think it's yeah a little bit, <laughs> but it's not a. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a game with a plot necessarily. It's more of a strategy game that has different races that each have their own stories, but it's not like a campaign mode or anything like that. At least I don't think it is. So. Different kind of game. Anyway, uh, the last thing I had in the queue here was user questions. We always kind of just put this off to the side and don't do it, but let's do it. It'll be like, let's you do know, a couple. Right. it's like taking the trash out. You just finish this <laughs> out. Come on, man. <laughs> I think that's as bad as my dog dying, like, metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure all members will really appreciate, you know, the analogy. In the next thread, I'll say, please, please, any more questions? <laughs> yeah. You know, the questions everybody always, you know, gives and which we never answer. <laughs> <laughs> I do skip some of them. I do answer the ones that I think yeah. we probably say some, something about. A, f- a few so. of them. I like uh, Incantation's first question because it's. I think it's simple. You guys want yeah, to do yeah. that one? These I can answer pretty quickly. So here we go. Yeah. Uh, Incantation's first question: Among the new Hawks, Falcons, who's your favorite character and why? If it's if it's Zod, who's next in line? Uh, Rakshas. Uh, that was mine too, Rakshas. Okay. What's that? Uh, I don't have one because I like all of them. They're like my children. Oh, oh. I, can, I can't choose. No, no. Uh-huh. I, I really, honestly, I really like him. Uh, I, I like all of them. I, I like, uh, you know, yeah, I like them all. Yeah. I mean, actually, like, I guess, that's you like right. Irvine equally with uh, Rakshas and Granville? Yeah, Grunberg. Locus. Yeah, Locus. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think they're all pretty cool. I didn't say Locus. I said Irvine. <laughs> yeah, but you know, no, but I, I like all of them. Yeah, honestly, I, I think they're all pretty cool in their own way. So yeah, Rakshas is the most you know mysterious one and uh, wacky right. and funny. But uh, I, I like all of them. I also like. I think you know, when you see Grumble, for example, you know, throwing you know Ganishka's you know mobile uh, you know palace or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, throwing the roof off with his guys. I think it's pretty cool. I think they're all pretty cool in their own ways. I don't know. Sorry. I was just I just did Rakshas based on his personality because it's like even though he's like you said he's the most mysterious, but in a lot of ways he's also the one we're most familiar with. He talks a lot, you know. He does. I don't know. He's heavily involved in things. Yeah. He's, I don't know. He's just he's interesting in his own unique well, way. I think Irvine is also pretty mysterious as far as his personality goes because he's the one that speaks the least, you know. I mean, yeah. So and, and I he like had that nice little moment with uh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I like that. But also, even, you know, Locus, for example, who's, I would say, one of the most, you know, standard ones, you know, he's a knight and such. Even mm-hmm. he's interesting. He has interesting moments. I remember when uh, the band of the Falcon was going uh, to Windham to reclaim the castle. And, you know, they were talking, several people were talking about uh, the coming battle and such. And Locus had this very sinister look to him. Saying like, ah, oh, soon it won't matter. Soon oh God, I love a, a that new, panel. Yeah, a new dawn <laughs> will rise, you know. And he's like yeah. very ominous. And yeah, I don't know. I thought it was very, very nice, you know. He's like all sinister. So yeah, and Evan Grunbell, which we already saw in in battle, you know, against Gus. I actually really like that battle. You know, before he transforms, when he's just slamming Gus around, I think it was it's one of the coolest fights we've seen. Like, yeah, his, his sheer strength. He's you know, it's not even overpowering Gus. He just, you know, when he slams in it, he does some kind of, you know, whirlpool, you know, of air throwing Gus mm-hmm. backwards. So I don't know. Yeah, I like them all. I think they're all that's, awesome. That's so actually a perfect transition to the next question. But do sure. you have more to say, uh, Walter? No, no, no. Nothing nothing that would help the conversation. That That's a fine <laughs> point. To uh, next question is, Grunveld's apostle form cracked. When he battled guts in berserker berserker mode, do you see them? Do you see them battling again in the future? And guts finally taking him out. Simple answer: No, uh, only because it feels like we've been would have kind of been there, done that with that fight. Uh, I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't see them going mono a mono like that again. Personally, I was disappointed that he didn't have like a little scar on his cheek the next time we saw him. <laughs> like that would yeah, have been neat. Yeah, I was thinking of Ganeshka. I was like, yeah, he does. Like, oh, that's Ganeshka. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Even Ganeshka anyway, got um, it, but uh, yeah. I, I could see them. Uh, let's see, do you see them fighting again? Oh, jeez, let's see, because I can. Like, I can just see them having like another. You know, I can. De- you know, he's definitely interested in fighting again. I don't know if Guts cares. Like, he Guts will fight him, but I don't think he really cares to one way or the other. Right. But well, uh, it's not. It's it's not a fight that I would fantasize about. I was just kind of again. I kind of feel like we've been there, done that. Like I would. I'd yeah. Be, Far more interested in seeing Guts engage other apostles personally. What if he's fighting against two of them at once? You know? That would be awesome. That's fine. With, that would change the dynamic. And it would well, you be know what would make it uh, interesting in either case, whether it was two at once or uh, him again, uh, is that he does it while he's like he's got the strength of the armor, but he's sane. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it would be you know it would be a whole different like kind of fight. Yeah. He, he would whoop him around. It would be pretty fun. <laughs> Um, anyway, I think to answer the question, I, I think, uh, yeah, I could see it happen. Yeah, I, I could see it happen. And just because they fought before and uh, Guts uh, was, you know, overpowered in the end, he had to, to flee. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it would be nice to have a little, you know, revenge, I guess. Over, it'd be over in three panels. <laughs> just like, boom. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, actually, it could be like, uh, Grandpa is coming and, like, oh, it's you again. Oh, he gets slammed in the face. <laughs> then he tries to transform. Oh, he's dead. Grandpa <laughs> 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 um, did reveal himself to be kind of a jerk in that fight. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was kind of a jackass. <laughs> yeah. The old Hawks had seven prominent members. Man, this is really Hawks focused. Uh, had seven prominent members, and the new Hawks share the same count. Coincidence? Yes. Thoughts on it? Well, None. I yeah. uh, who who's deciding, you know, seven prominent who's members? Prominent, yeah. yeah. What about uh, what, Gaston? What, yeah, what what does that mean? I mean, I'm I'm not sure we can really arrest a count like that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I can, uh, I can say... Go ahead, Griff, go ahead. 
Uh, this answered simply, I mean, I just think, you know, the old Hawks had, you know, it's prominent. Yeah, it had prominent members. The new group has prominent members. And, you know, it's just supposed to be like a new, yeah, new band of the Hawks. So that's how you represent yeah. it. I, like, you know, when Locust was first introduced, everyone was saying how, oh, he looks like a carcass. Carcass, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. they've been, well, you was... know, it's like evil versions of, <laughs> of the guys, that you know, was... and Grunbeld is Pippin, you know, and. You know, okay. I mean, you can look at it that way, but it's like I th- I think it's just a little less specific. Yeah. So I would say it's sort of a coincidence. Yeah. In that sense, but it's also you know yeah it's just it's representing a new group you know and like oh is Irvine the new uh, judo? <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> the <laughs> like, parallels the parallels don't work. I mean, you, there's no way it works. Uh, yeah. To clarify, when people were first saying, that, "Hey, maybe Locus is the new Carcass," it was it was being said by people that had not actually seen the episode yet. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, we just saw like that picture of his face. Yeah. He's not anything like him, like in the way he right. fights or you know, right. like his personality. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really hold water. Yeah. Anyway, I, honestly, I don't think even the the numbers work. I mean, uh, for the I, I don't even know. Where in quotation, you know, got that number of seven prominent members, but uh, I almost posted in the thread to say that it was just a matter of, you know, perspective who you decide to include in it or not, like, you know, and uh, while the new band of the Falcon is supposed to mirror the old one, I don't think, you know, Mira went and counted in, okay, I'm going to put <laughs> this one to replace this guy and this guy to replace this guy. I, I don't think it was done like that, so I don't is, think it's, it's meaningful. Is Rakshas the new Rickard? I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I guess uh, in quotation meant it to be like that, like, uh, yeah, right. Mule is replacing Rickert or something like that, but no, I don't know, I don't think it works, and uh, and I don't think that number of seven is, you know, I mean, there could you could say there's, you know, eight prominent members in the new, you know, band, or nine, or and in the old one, you could say there's yeah. just five, there's just five or six, I, I don't know, it, it really depends on how you are seeing things, but uh, I, I don't think it's uh, meaningful. Yeah, I mean, seven. Well, what about Dan and Earl? That's nine now. Now you're up to nine. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> how do you even get to seven? Do you count Griffiths or not? So I mean, is... Uh, probably. Is, yeah, is so we've... That's Zod Griff, do you, do you the want, new Dan? Do we want to count? No, I mean, yeah. Yeah, me, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, next question from yeah. Joe Zion. If you had the chance to head the Berserk Saga project from the beginning... What would you have done differently? <laughs> everything. Everything is not an answer. Everything, everything. not an answer. I'm sorry, everything. What would you have been? What, what would have been cut out? What would have been the capped character scenes themes? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't have made a movie to begin with. It yeah. sounds like a stupid idea. Like, yeah, again, we already we've been over this. You know, yeah. the, we would have done the Black Swordsman. Yeah. You know, it would have yeah. been a movie probably, and uh, you know, I don't know. Just be use the use the manga as as your storyboard. You know, that's yeah. that's. Like pretty much like how I would look at it. Yeah, that's yeah, I mean, I, about it. It's, nice. You can't say. I think the question's a wrong one because you you can't say what individual scene would you have changed to make the whole project work. Like it's it's structurally fundamentally fucked. Wrong. I mean, yeah. you'd have to start over from scratch and, and completely change the scope of what you intended to do to make it work. To make it. Yeah, it would know, have been a whole different philosophy. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so that's it's, why it's not a, it's not as simple as a one or two simple cuts or something like that. Yeah, that's why it's everything. Even though he didn't want it, I mean, it would have to be completely different, right? Uh, with Total Recall, man, I hate this question. I, nothing personal, <laughs> Josie. Yeah, nothing personal. I just, oh, 
with Total Recall and a host of other movies being remade or uses sequels, prequels, what movies would you like to see remade? None of them, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, none. That's what I thought, want, too. You want Hollywood <laughs> to stay the hell away from. I would like them to stay the hell away from remakes in general because I think we've fucking been here for a decade now. We're, we're done with this tripe, right? Everyone's <laughs> sick of seeing their old favorite franchises ruined by a remake. Can we just say we're done with this now? Hasn't it been like five years overdue to say let's put a stop to this? Well, now More it's like, all reboots, so that is the new know. remake. Oh yeah, yeah. God, it's infuriating. It's... Or uh, or the like Prometheus style prequel that isn't. Right. <laughs> like, oh yeah. It's what's like, funny I... is like that that thing prequel was like actually like you know pretty decent like when it comes to like being faithful to looking at the what they the, you know the source material and going back. Whereas like if you look at Prometheus, it's like it's like they didn't really make much efforts. To have it connect to the the other movie, like in a lot of ways, they like you know they had they had things that touched on it, but just did their own thing. I'm going to stop talking about Prometheus now because I don't want to do a half hour on it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, damn it, I had I had something I was going to say and I forgot it. Basically, right. I, I don't think remakes are worth it at this point. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't see any value in them. Just make I'll some new you, shit, you know? I'll tell you my philosophy on it, though. I want to see failed movies remade or, or fatally flawed movies remade. You know, take right. a movie that, like, had a neat premise but, you know, just wasn't executed well, wasn't a good movie, you know, isn't anyone's favorite, but take it and then fix it. You know, that yeah, that's right. that's what you should do. Not yeah, take, like, everyone's are, favorite and then, you know, like, wait, why are you going to do this? It was already – everyone thinks it's perfect. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, I mean, they, I already know the answer to this requ- question, so consider it rhetorical. But if a movie worked already, why would you need to revisit it? Oh, 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 oh you need money. That's right. Money, right? That's the only answer? Well, well, well if that's the only reason you're remaking shit, why would anyone even bother to support it at the box office? And you know what's funny about that is like they don't even get it right. Sometimes they're so desperate to have just franchises like and to make things work. Like the thing, the like using that example again, the, the one from the 80s was a bomb. Like it was – it <laughs> failed totally – completely and then was like it became a cult classic so then they tried the the prequel like remake it had the same name strangely and uh and it failed too and it was like well what did you expect (laughs) you know why did you (laughs) why did you even do this if you wanted to make money on it like it failed the first time it's just sort of like they're so desperate to be like hey is there interest in this is there any sort of built-in audience is this easy to make money with like is this easy to not have to you know sell it i don't know it's weird it's like is, even things that haven't been successful, they'll remake them. This is, this is related but somewhat tangential. Um, Fast and the Furious. Wasn't the fourth movie called The Fast and the Furious or Fast and Furious or something like that? One yeah. of them was called uh, – yeah, one of them I think was just called Fast and Furious. Yeah, I, so, think, <laughs> I think it's the last one, yeah. They took there's out the one. buzz. Yeah. There's a fifth one. It's called Fast Five. They're, yeah, they're, right. they're yeah. simplifying it. They're streamlining yeah. it. It's, it's, it's getting better. fast in it. I hear those are like great, called... like I hear those are great, like just dumb action movies. They're like modern commandos, <laughs> like yeah. I've never hey, seen yeah. it, but re- re- remake Commando with Arnold and also cast <laughs> the same guy as Bennett. Also, that I want to I want to see a that. prequel of Commando with those two actors reprising their roles as younger versions Actually, of themselves. <laughs> that reminds me. Um, I-, I heard this on one of the one of my favorite podcasts. Mike and Tom eat snacks. Uh, Michael Michael Ian Black suggested that this new remake of Footloose, he said, I'm not interested in that. I am interested in a remake of Footloose where uh, Kevin Bacon st- st- reprises his role as himself 
as the older guy that hangs around high school chicks and wants to dance with them. And then the <laughs> priest has a legitimate reason for being upset at the older guy <laughs> dancing with his high school people. John well, Lithgow. You know what that's – yeah, you know what that's like though. That's like the movie. Have you, do you guys like? Have you seen The Hustler? No, no. Nope. It's a. Uh, let me think. Jeez, I'm forgetting his name. It's Paul Newman. It's one of his iconic roles as Fast Eddie Felson. He's a pool player. And then like it was made, I think, in the '60s. And then in the '80s, they made a sequel to it that Martin Scorsese directed called The Color of Money, where he reprised the role as like oh, a cool. is 20 and he's 20 years older and he's like he looks completely different it's like old Paul Newman versus young stud Paul Newman and it's just really interesting to see like that character like 20 years apart and i think he won an oscar for it and everything and it's like you know it like that's people they should do that more often that is actually yeah. kind of neat that's, yeah. that's like con- legitimately continuing something you started earlier that's yeah. cool i have no but problem you, with you that. know that was back when uh, the cinema was, still had, you know, some kind of artistic license, so right. <laughs> yeah. this, this era is long gone. Yeah, I mean, so so much of Hollywood now. I mean, it's kind of redundant to say at this point, but it's like it's so much about money. Like, it's not about making a decent movie. It's just whatever's going to sell, you whatever's going to make a profit. You know, that's the only so, point. It's so sad because they were just adapting novels for so long, and now they're just adapting comic books and former movies. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. just you know, it's a movie it's adapting like, a movie. If it's a novel, it's like those teen novels, like Twilight yeah. or you know, like even, even Harry Potter in the Hunger Games. God, it's the literature of our time. Oh. <sighs> Has the um the movie about moms that have sex or something like that? Has that been adapted yet into a movie? Oh, uh, we, yeah. What? Probably, probably, probably going to be. Yeah, you know, it's called a Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, that's, that's right. It. Yeah, that one. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, well, it would be. Uh, isn't it supposed to be too raunchy or something for for the big screen or something like that? Like she's uh, a. I doubt yeah. it. Isn't uh, they're, they're going to have to change like the name of the movie though to be like the acronym M I L F for you know because that's how like like Fast Five. <laughs> yeah. They can work a number yeah. in there. So yeah, that's. Uh, are, are is anybody actually interested in seeing Total Recall? No. Uh, you know, Cranston's I, the bad guy. Who is? Brian Cranston. Yeah, still not interesting. He, he does not impress me when he's not doing Breaking Bad, honestly. <laughs> when he's not Walter, I'm not that interested. Yeah. That is true. Uh, like, uh, it's kind of neat. I like when I see him, but it's still like, uh, eh, you know, he's, he's an actor. <laughs> did you see him in Drive? It could have been anybody. Anybody could have been doing that role. He didn't bring anything unique to that role at all. Yeah, I, I agree, yeah. Well, you know... Anyway, I, I really like uh, you know uh, Philip K. Dick, and uh, I really like his works, and I've read uh, a lot of what he's written. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not interested in in the movie, and I'm also not interested in the fucking remake of fucking Blade Runner. Or is it a sequel oh. or a prequel? No, it's, it's, I, I, a, it's a sequel thing that Ridley oh. Scott. I think will just do anything now. For, for yeah, well. Wait, he, is Ridley Scott's doing it? Uh, yeah. Supposedly, that was the last I heard of it, but it's been a while. Like some so, guys, it was—it's so unnatural how, and inorganic how this happened. Some guys who I guess were big fans of the first movie bought the rights to Blade Runner and are basically going to do a sequel come hell or high water, and they're getting like Ridley Scott involved in it again. But it just seems so backwards. It's like if we like force <laughs> Mira to like make a sequel to Berserk or something, like because we, we somehow bu- too. like we were we're billionaires and we buy the rights to Berserk and we're like we're you know, we're gonna write it ourselves if you don't do yeah. it, you know, like, <laughs> like it's like no, but I, I already told that story like you're gonna do it. No, so it's like I don't know, it's weird. Return of Lost Children. 
Yeah, we want more. <laughs> <laughs> more so, pirates. So Revenge of Syriza, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or we, it would be like Mass Effect 3. If we don't like the ending, we can make him change it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, uh, hey, we never talked about the new Mass Effect endings, or did we? Oh, no, that's that's got to be a different podcast. I... <laughs> yeah, and I haven't seen it yet, so yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, are I'm probably... You, what? Are you actually going to play through it or just watch it on YouTube? No, uh, I'm I'm going to play through it. If I, yeah, if I, I know it, I know Az is gonna play it because like yeah. I, that's why he hasn't seen it yet. It's just his way. Yeah, I actually downloaded it today because I remembered that uh, you know it's only free for uh, uh, time. You know, after that it's going to be yeah. It's oh going to, shit! You're going to, to have to pay for it. Okay, so, I'm gonna download it soon too. <laughs> yeah, so I just downloaded it and uh, yeah, but. Uh, I've got to motivate myself to play. Although, through it. actually, part of me once you install it, you can. Part of me wants to like be able to take it off too. I get. Can you unclick it or something? Because like yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally in on it yet. Oh god, we're gonna start talking DLC, about it. It's a DLC, <laughs> so you can uninstall it. Uh, you know, if you want. Okay, because I might, I might want to be able to go back to like the, the real ending. <laughs> <laughs> the canon ending. Yeah. So, just kind of a closing note, though. Since we talked about it, I've had this full screen image of that noble's armor face with the mustache <laughs> yeah. on my screen, like zoomed in all the way. I've had that on my screen the entire time. So, Is it giving giving you nightmares yet? Or? I thought I'm going to print screen it and put it in threads, like 1080 <laughs> resolution. So yeah, that was fun. I don't have anything else for the show. I've answered all the questions. I think. Uh, we could answer easily, um, but please keep asking questions because I like good questions. I like talking to you guys, so yeah, I'm sure you will after your comment. Yeah, <laughs> damn it, I do. I genuinely do like getting good questions. Um, yeah, please so. bring us more garbage so, uh, <laughs> so we can take it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to the incinerator. Yeah, well, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess we'll be back in two weeks. I have absolutely no idea what we'll be talking about, but something I'm sure. Oh, maybe Mass Effect Three ending by then. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, not. I mean, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll play it after the wire and between the wire and Breaking Bad. <laughs> try to, oh, yeah. <laughs> and also endless space. Oh, uh, I really play endless space. I mean, I, I uh, yeah, I won't. I'm not going to say how much I paid for it because my wife is nearby, but I paid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I paid money for it, so sure. It was not on sale. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, it was okay. not. All right, guys. Well, thanks as always. It's been a good show, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. See ya. Bye. I don't have any outtakes planned. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know we were gonna even do this. Nah, I gotta. I actually gotta go. Okay, that's cool. See you later, man. Yeah, good talking to you guys. See ya. Bye. Azil. Yeah. What's your favorite Mario game? Uh, oh, my favorite yep. Mario game. Like, I thought I, I thought for sure I knew what mine was, and I was I surprised myself by my actual answer after thinking about it. So, what's you your- know, honestly, it's it's kind of hard to say. I would have to say the one I most enjoyed is probably Super Mario World. Yeah, for me, for me, it was between World and 64. 
Uh, I think I actually have more of a feeling for 64 than World. I think 64, I have so many happy memories associated with it. But yeah. World's, I love how big World is. I love everything That's about great. World. Yeah. The thing is, honestly, Mario games are they're, they're all so good. You know, I, I even like you know Super Mario Two. You know, even though it's not originally a Mario game and such, it was just reskinned. I, I, even that one, I like it, and it's the odd one, much like you know Zelda Two is the odd one. Yeah. But I, I still kind of like it, and of course, I love the original. And uh, I, you know, actually, the one I, I I feel I don't like as much as I should is uh, Super Mario Bros. Three. You know, because yeah, on the same if, way. Even though I played it a lot, and it's a really uh, big game, you know, but I don't know. I, I never play. I don't think I played every level in that game because you, every ward, I mean, because you can always keep some with the flutes and such. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, which, by the way, I was very proud. I, I actually found the flutes, all of them, you know, by myself, you know, just you know, experimenting. So when I saw the wizard, you know, the movie. And yeah. I saw the guy with the flute. I was like, oh, you know, because I, I saw I saw it, uh, you know, way after it was released in France. I think I even oh. had uh, I even had the the VHS, you know. Well, yeah. Anyway, I think I, I think I used the movie to find the flute. I'm pretty sure I didn't know oh. about it until the movie. I was I was like eight years old, so. Yeah, anyway, when I saw the movie, I saw the flute. I was like, oh, yeah, I also know that stuff. And uh, yeah, but <laughs> anyway, I, I don't like that game. I mean, I, I like many things in the game. And, uh, I, you know, I think I think it's probably, you know, I don't know if it's uh, how to say so, but it's very well well made. It's yeah, a very it's, a, it's extremely amb- ambitious for an NES yeah. game. It's incredible how much. But to yeah. me, that game feels like Super Mario World perfected what... SMB3 attempted, you know, like yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a big world with sub levels. And, you know, I just think it's a much yeah, better put together true. game. But I think it, in some ways I find Super Mario Bros. 3 to be more, I don't know, to be better, you know, or I mm. don't know if it's more ambitious or, you know, better made or something, but I find it better. But I definitely love Super Mario World way more than I do SMB3. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, like you said, I also love Mario 64. I really like it. And when I got it as a kid, I really loved it. So, And I think it's genuinely a great game. But uh, I probably have the best memories of Super Mario World. But it's also because uh, I was a kid at the time. And it was probably yeah, the that, right that, age. You yeah. have to consider that as a factor. I mean, uh, it's obviously... I mean, to me, yeah. the Super Nintendo era graphics and sound, that just like, that's like hits a certain spot in my brain where like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, I can't get <laughs> over that fact. But um, I actually came on the subject by thinking about like games that impressed me the most, the games that still have a huge impression on me. And like SM, Super Mario 64 was top of the list. Like I think of that and I remember exactly how I felt in you know, 96 or 95 when I first saw that and I first played it and it was just, like blown away. And no game has come close to that huge yeah. leap in what I thought was possible in gaming. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I don't know. I don't know. honestly. I don't remember if I thought it was such a huge leap or anything. But yeah, it was it was just fun and it was it was incredibly well made. You know, it was perfect in uh, yeah. almost every way. So yeah, it was it was really cool. I remember I didn't like the Nintendo sixty four controller very much, and I still don't like it very much. And uh, I remember you know I played most of the games using a weird you know control scheme that was not uh, what it was supposed to be. Anyway. The, the memories I have of it is that I, I didn't like it very much. And actually, I had a better time playing it on the Nintendo DS using the, you know, the cross. 
the, the D-pad? D-pad. Yeah, yeah. Then the wow. using the fucking analog stick. I hated that stick. You know, that I, seems I, so crazy to me. Like, yeah, so I know. Crazy because there's great, there's varying speeds with the analog. You can like yeah. tiptoe. You know. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But I don't know. It was it was just not comfortable to me to use it. Mm. And I remember I, I didn't like it very much, and I wanted to use the D-pad, and uh, well. Well, yeah. I had a good time playing it on the on the DS. Actually, everybody cool. was complaining like, "Oh no, with a with a D-pad, it, it sucks and such." And uh, I didn't have a problem. Well, uh, with a 3DS, you can use a circle pad, but it doesn't retain the analog, you know, specific speeds yeah. or anything. But I, I don't mind the circle pad, uh, but uh, yeah, it's not uh, it's not as comfortable as a stick. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Uh, anyway, how about games that impressed me? I don't know. It's a it's a good question. I think some games. You know, can impress somebody, even though they're not necessarily very good games by, you know, conventional sure, yeah. stand like They have a, a great demo or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I remember, for example, there's a game I've, I've told you about before, Eternal Darkness uh, mm-hmm. on the GameCube, which is... Sure. It's technically it's not very good. The you know graphics are not incredible or anything. It's not bad for a GameCube game, but nothing special. But it has a great atmosphere and... You know, there's a lot of little, you know, I don't know if I can say Easter eggs in it, but yeah, that are very neat. And these actually impressed me. Like I was like, wow, wow. Sure. You yeah. mean the insanity, the insanity effects, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and this really took me aback at the time because I play the game like I often try to do without knowing anything about it. So right. I just popped it in and just played it, and uh, <laughs> I was actually very surprised by these. They were sometimes very creative. So, and I actually. Uh, a few of them fooled me, you know. I was actually fooled sure. by ZFX. Yeah, I remember. I'm, the only one I really know about is the popular one where it's like you go insane, and, but then it's like, and then it goes like game over, and then it rolls the credits or something like that, and then it goes back to the title screen. Yeah, actually, it's uh, you're just playing, and suddenly, yeah. you know, like a scene ends, and you know, you see a screen that says, well, this is the end of the game, and uh, the sequel is coming out soon, you know, and it's it's. Honestly, it fooled me actually. And then there's a crit starts rolling, and I was like, "What the fuck? It, it just I just <laughs> played four hours. It, what the fuck?" And actually, it's like infinite, it's, yeah. like when Infinite Space ended, the first part, it's like the yeah. credits are rolling. Like what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, it's actually it's, pre- it's pretty good. And uh, you know, the, the characters always say, "This can't really be happening," you know. And <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Honestly, it's it's really nice. So. Mm-hmm. Next one on my list, probably FF7's demo, which I liked better than the actual game. I, I, demo. I, I, don't think, I, I don't think I played the demo for that game. Mm. The only demo I've played for the PlayStation was uh, Metal Gear Solid. Which, oh, uh, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, I played it quite, quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, and same here, probably like 60 or 50. I, actually I, brought that over, I brought that over to a friend's house. He, he was having a party, a video game-themed party to play Street Fighter. And I was like, let's, let's do this. It's like, as a single player, oh man, this sucks, you know? And uh, everyone was like, by within 10 minutes, everyone was like glued to the screen. Everyone at, saying like, try it with a box over here, you know? That everyone was <laughs> yeah, freaking out over all the different things you can do in that game. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It was, it was amazing. That was a good era for games. Yeah. You know, again, now it's like, let's remake this shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you heard about uh, the Ouya console? You've heard about this? I have. Of- I have. I'm not that excited about it because it doesn't. I'm like, it, it, why is it exciting again? Because they're going to do Android, an Android platform. Yeah. What's yeah. going to run on it? 
Yeah, I, I'm honestly, I'm pretty taken aback by this. I mean, I saw some uh, article on, uh, I think it's gamesindustry.biz or something like that, where the guy's saying, oh yeah, it's the end, all the others are dying, Nintendo's going to die within the year, and uh, Sony as well, and such and such. I don't know, it seems stupid to me. Yeah, You know, yeah, you can play 100 games on the TV, wow, f- fucking fantastic. You can do that with a phone already, it's got DLNA, yeah. you just, you know, connect it, it displays on the screen, what, what you know? So, well, I mean... So- the only reason I can rationalize why people are getting so excited about this is that it's it's a it's premature excitement for the next generation of consoles. It's like it's a new thing that's happening. It's a new console, right? It's being marketed as a new console, even though it's basically playing this gen's games or worse, you know. But it's just like everyone's prepared for the next big thing, and we're not there yet. They're getting excited for something that's not there yet. You know, I think you know there's also a part of people who are actually stupid and uh, you know <laughs> yeah yeah people are stupid so they, they think these are the people who like to play game for free or they are the games that cost uh, 99 cents you know and they're like yeah no I can get the uh, games on my you know TV for the same price and uh, it's the end of you know getting ripped off by these you know evil guys yeah. who just you know take all the money for the game and I don't know. I think it's also partly that, you know. So I I have a tro- I have trouble imagining what's going to run on this, but I'm not very impressed. I mean, I saw the video on Kickstarter. They yeah. showed, oh, Minecraft is on it. Uh, yeah, well, yes. great. Great, Finally. yeah. Yeah, I mean. Finally, I can play Minecraft on my television. I've always wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I Honestly, I, I, I wonder what's going to... I don't think it's going to be a big success, but then again, they've already raised like $4 million, so, and it m- might be more by now, so I don't think they actually need to, you know, release anything to have met, you know, success, so, God, I don't this know. This Kickstarter thing is being, in my opinion, completely abused recently. Like yeah. People were just seeing that people are basically just willing to spend money on the idea for something, whether yeah. it's actually executed or not, and so they're just willing to dump money into this. Uh, it's just sickening. Yeah, you know, I think, for example, a project like Clang, you know, the yeah, one there are which, good ways to use it, sure. Yeah, but, I, I mean, that, that's something that's, uh, let's say, appropriate, you know, it's a project right. that's a bit unlikely, it needs, you know, some specific hardware and such, so, yeah, people put money in it because they want it to happen, and we know not everybody is going to buy this stuff, it's very specific yeah. for nerds, but yeah, something like that, that console, or, you know, all the stuff they do for, you know, iPod products and whatnot. I, I think sometimes it's a bit abusive. And I've read uh, stories about people who yeah, backed projects and got nothing in return. So they got scammed in a way. And the guys from Kickstarter, so I tell them, you, give, you make a donation, you're funding something. So, you know, right. whether you get something or not, it's your problem. It's between you and the guys. We yep. have no part in it. So, yeah. and, and I think eventually there's going to be, you know, a problem like this. It reminds me actually of the story of, uh, you know, there was that lady who's a bus watcher or something like that who was harassed by kids. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you remember about that? that? So yeah. some, some guys put up, uh, I think it was on Indiegogo or some other, you know, crowdfunding website. They put a, you know, a project to, you know, fund uh, some vacations for the woman. And so yeah. the, the goal was like $5,000 and it reached, I don't know, something like a million or $2 million. Yeah. And I was, I was telling a friend about it. I was saying, yeah, you know, you know, the guy can keep the money to himself, never give anything to the old lady or just give her, I don't know, 10,000 bucks and keep a million for himself. Who's going yep. to do what? I mean, the guy, he, he can do whatever he wants. And I think eventually it's going to be abused and people will, uh, I don't know, 
you know, their enthusiasm will die for this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not something that can last forever, in my opinion. Particularly with, yeah, as you say, the rate of of potential abuse. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, making... I like the idea of crowdfunding. Me too. I, I, again, it's just the, the propensity for it to go wrong is just so high. And, uh, you know, I've actually, I've, I've funded three or four things so far. And so far, I've gotten nothing in return. And that doesn't mean I've been ripped off. It just means, you know, it's been like six or eight months and I still have yet to see any benefit from funding other than the, the goodwill that eventually I'm going to get my Pebble watch, you know? Yeah. Or eventually I'm going to be, play that fucking iOS game that I bought. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really looking. I'm actually really looking forward to the Pebble. You know, really, really looking forward to it. I can't wait. I, I'm, uh, I'm very when excited. When's it coming? September? I don't even remember. Yeah, September, October. I don't know. It will probably be a bit late. And the worst part is, I'm very excited for it, even though it's not actually compatible with my phone. You know. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's funny. Wow, you're just well, really excited about it. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't really mind since it's uh it's an open SDK. I'm pretty sure some guys going to just, you know, put something together. I'm not worried. Yeah, but, but you think it would be the the burden would be on the developers to of the thing, the platform to do that and not limit the platform, you know. Well, um, I mean, uh, they have many things to do. I can understand they are not supporting every platform. I mean, I I even considered myself lucky. For example, I mean, for Windows Phone, you know, they are Still, you know, people who are involved enough as far as developing goes that they're going to, you know, put something up. But imagine if you have, I don't know, BlackBerry or any kind of other OS, you're fucked. I mean, if you run Migo, for example, you're fucked. You know, nobody's going to give up <laughs> anything for it. So, yeah. so, so yeah, I'm not complaining. It could be worse, and I can understand why they wouldn't uh, spend too much time, you know, coding everything. I guess I don't know. It seems like. The, the base is out there. This is the kind of project where you'd want to support as many people as possible to get as many people on board. I don't know. It just seems like missed opportunity. Yeah, well, I agree, especially since there are you know several watches you know already that exist that uh, support uh, Android or you know iOS. So yeah, it, it would be it would have been a, maybe a smart move, as, even if it's just a small a small push, you know. But they could have gotten a little bit more. So I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't think they are they're too bad off anyway. With 10 million oh, bucks. yeah, definitely not. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. So. And uh, I actually got something back from Kickstarter. I uh, backed a project, I think it's Darklink, uh, posted about it a while back. It was uh, you know, a book by uh, Tezuka called So Long is the Earth. It's actually almost all of uh, Osamu Tezuka's books uh, have been released in, uh, in France. But they're oh. not, al- not always in uh, good quality. And they yeah. are Almost all of them are out of stock, so I don't know. I felt like backing this because I like it, That's and cool. I and I actually got the book. It took a while. It took a long time actually, and uh, I had to write to the, the the guys because apparently they had you know forgot to send it to me or something like that. But uh, yeah, they <laughs> sent it. They sent it, and I got it. It's nice. So I guess it shows that at least in some cases it works. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting on a couple of different things. One of them I'm kind of embarrassed to admit, but uh, I got a iPhone, I, the iPod iPhone dock. Cause my wife oh, wore. yeah, so one I was dissing uh, just uh, five minutes yes. ago. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, what was it called again? I forgot. The, I know, uh, honestly, I don't even remember. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but it's basically it's a it's where it's 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 a piece of stationary paperweight that you put your iPhone in. Like, it, it, Slickly, you know, slides into place instead of having to, you know, use your <laughs> thumbs. 
Oh, well, it's pure laziness. It's pure, you know, if we, if we knew, uh, well, we're in a different financial situation than we were before. If we'd known we would be here, we would not have pre-ordered that, you know, six months ago. (laughs) Oh, well. You you still haven't gotten it? Oh, fuck. No, no, no. I have not gotten it yet. It's supposed to be shipping out like this past month. The thing is we moved, so they may be shipping to old address, but it's, you know, inside baseball. Okay, well. Uh, there's what? actually a game, my, you know, I think I've told you about it a billion times, Tower Defense Grid, which is my favorite tower defense game. Yeah, of course, yeah. They're making a sequel to that funded on Kickstarter, so I'm going to be funding that oh, probably. Nice, nice, because yeah. I, re- I remember they weren't planning on making it. Right, right. But they, they kind of they have one of the most interesting tiered packages I've seen so far. In that, depending on the funding amount, they might not make. They, they will only make a certain part of the game. Like if it's funded to like a hundred thousand or something like that, it's like we'll do eight extra levels with a new story, and then uh, three hundred thousand we'll make a new engine, and then if it's like five hundred thousand, they'll do a complete new sequel with a new engine and everything like that. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah actually, I have seen. I see, I'm looking at the at the you know Kickstarter now. They say a million dollars for the full sequel. Oh, is it a million? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm probably one of the biggest Defense Grid fans. I think I've invested like 200 hours or something like that in it, but um, I haven't even funded it yet. I'm just like, yeah, I'll get to it. I probably should yeah. show support for this game that I've I spent two dollars on and I've played a hundred hours on it. Probably deserve <laughs> the money. Oh uh, god, it's a good game. Um, did you see Penny Arcade's Kickstarter? Uh yeah I yeah, actually I saw it yeah I, I think yes it's a it's a pretty yeah I I wouldn't say abusive but it's a strange use of the of the service I think yeah they're they're doing that because they know they can because they have a support of fans basically yeah you know yeah well I I I mean I can understand yeah like you said there's the support of the fans and their fans are willing to pay for almost anything I know I like Penny Arcade but yeah I mean. Yeah, sometimes I think you know people maybe like it a little too much for what. It's, oh yeah, uh, dude, it's funny. It's it's, it's it's their 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 jokes hit to me like just under half the time. Like they they'll, they'll nail it, and then yeah, their half is just like yeah, guys, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean they are sympathetic to me. I guess that's why I'd put it. I I, find, I like them. I think they're likable people, and uh, yeah, the jokes are yeah yeah like you say about half the time, maybe a little less. But uh, yeah, I think you know. I'm glad they are making so much money and such. But yeah, I'm not sure they're. <laughs> it's really you know appropriate for. But you know, right? If if they have fans and if people like it, yeah, why not? Sure. I think, I think Clang is probably the most like righteous use of Kickstarter because it's something that would not exist if not yeah. supported yeah. by outside people. And I think also to a certain extent, what um, that uh, adventure game company did uh, with their game. Was another uh, good use because it wouldn't have existed. They, because you know, companies wouldn't have funded another adventure yeah. game. I think it's funny. You mean that, that, that like girl? That. So you mean that girl who did uh, Moebius, right? No, maybe. It's no. Uh, there are several people who did adventure games. So I don't remember. Okay. I don't know Tell, which one. Telltale, I think. No, not that time, Telltale. Ah, you mean Double but, Fine? Thank right? you, Yeah, Double Fine. Yeah, yeah. They kind of got things started with it. Publicity being so huge, you know, theirs was like a landmark for them. Yeah, at least in the gaming industry, it was. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I think I think these yeah I think these are these are probably like I said, the most uh, righteous use of the of the medium or yeah. the service at least. So how about that voice acting in Berserk? 
Huh? Oh God, yeah. You know, earlier you were talking about uh, the movies. You know, you said uh, any yeah. movie news. I thought you meant the Berserk movie. That's why I it said is. That, that is. That is. That is what I meant. But I ah, was happy okay. to turn, change topics. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Because. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't ever. I never understood how people could like these guys. I mean, they suck. They suck so much. And you know, I, I'm not the kind of guy who says that Japanese voice acting is the best. It's absolutely yeah. the best. And you know, because I think you know, sometimes when it's well done, you know, voice acting, whether it be in English or French or German or anything, can be really good. But yeah, I mean, in this case, you have to agree. These guys are just, you know, they are not even third rate. I don't know, fourth rate. You know, they are, they are the lowest. I mean, I don't know, maybe they're even worse than these guys, but they're, they're just bad. They're bad and they're yeah, not doing the material any justice. So, I mean, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it, but um, I've seen a lot of anime. I saw a lot of anime before I stumbled onto Berserk. And in that dark time in my life, I came across several bad dubs. And Berserk's dub is akin to the worst dubs that I've seen among yeah. all the shitty animes that I've seen that incorporated, you know, Dub teams that obviously weren't professional. They weren't interested in making a professional production of it. That's what Berserk sounds like to me. It sounds like an amateur thing where no one was taking it seriously during the production of it. Like if they have an opportunity to make a joke about a scene, they're going to do it because it's more fun that way. And that's like the attitude they took to the series. And it's just like stupid. It's like why don't you just treat it with respect for one? And also if you're going to have a joke like – Make it funny. Like everyone laughs about the Berserk outtakes. Those are the most obvious, stupid jokes. Like, hey, yeah. Griffith looks kind of gay. <laughs> He's gay, right? <laughs> Great. Yeah. Great yeah. joke, guys. Actually, I, I didn't see the, you know, the, the, the dubbed version. And uh, I, I only know, I only got the, you know, the sound effects you guys made, and, uh, which are enough for me. But actually, so, I, I mean, I, I went through most of the outtakes. Or well, at least a part of them, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't I don't see what's so great about them. They, they just suck. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's dumb jokes. Yeah, whoa. Yeah. So I don't know. Same, just, uh, yeah. Is it the same team? Because I, I wasn't sure. I mean, the the way it was explained in the thread, it was like implicit that everyone's like, yeah, that's the guys. I, I don't recognize the names, but I get the impression that this is the same team, right? Yeah, apparently most of the same guys are returning. So okay. But yeah, I, I don't know honestly. It's just it's it's, it's a movie is already already bad. Yeah, it's already a piece yeah. Of shit. I mean, so uh, you know, yeah, this is this is, will just make it even worse. So, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah, but at the same time, I, I can't help but be sad because uh, yeah, this whole project could have been you know so much so much more than that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't I can't just laugh it off. You know. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, now I'm getting sidetracked reading other threads, so I'll just call it an end here. So yeah. just shy of two hours. But uh, thanks for talking. Fun as always. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. I'll go See eat, you. I think. Oh, yeah. awesome. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Uh, <clears throat> I have no idea. Well, I'll oh. give you a second. What's for Some dinner crap. again? Walter wants to know. <laughs> Cordon Bleu. Oh, awesome. That sounds sweet. I want some of that. Damn. Yeah. Well, do you, do you, do, of, I'll, I'll trade you some pickles for them. Do you do know what a Cordon Bleu is? <laughs> yes, I do. It's um, Well, here we have variations on it called Chicken Cordon Bleu. Is it like basically meat with cheese inside? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's meat with cheese inside. Wait a second. What? Chicken 
chicken cutlets says pola yeah it's also got a ham inside right yeah well there's versions with ham and yeah. some with chicken and uh yeah it has cheese inside you can put because uh You can you I basically the, the way I do it is I put an egg on top of it, but that's not oh. you know, that's not standard procedure. It's just you know, yeah, just so it's even more fat, you know. <laughs> yeah, as if it wasn't you know, all the cheese and ham wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty yummy. Awesome. Well, enjoy it, man. Yeah. Thanks. And uh, see well, see ya. 